Welcome to episode 132 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Kevin. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers, and each week we take some of The Endless Stream of content, brought to you through Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, YouTube, Disney+, Amazon, wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we are looking at... Gen V, we are looking at The Beatles briefly, we talk about the movie Apocalypse Clown, we look at the trailer for Echo, we touch on Marvel as we usually do, and we say that next week we are going to watch the 1974 movie The Yakuza, I think that covers most of it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to iTunes, heading over to Spotify, rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing, all of those good things really help us out. On top of that, you can go to Instagram, at The Endless Cast where we put up art to go with each episode and you can shoot us a message there that's a great place to suggest something for us to watch or disagree with our opinions you can do that in the comments or the direct messages over there you can also send us a message at theendlesscast at gmail.com same thing if you disagree with us if you want to suggest something for us to watch or if you agree with us just tell us tell us we're right that's great all of that being said all of that being said let's get into the episode recording live from dublin city with my little Bjug, who I haven't seen all day, sleeping beside me. No, she's so cute. The dog. Uh, unfortunately, however, mm. Bjug was having a gay old time in Emma recently. Mm. She was running around fancy free, as, as one does. Indeed. Uh, she had made a little friend of hers, uh, an eight month old puppy. Oh. Uh, and the puppy, probably half the size of Bjorg. Right. Uh, so running around with her and they have, were having great time and all that kind of stuff. And myself and Emo were talking to the dog's owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm always, you know, I can always talk to, I always talk to the owners, but I'm always like, you know, one eye on them, one eye on my dog. Pretty yep. much both eyes on my dogs at all time, really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially when she's off lead and playing with her, the dogs and running around. Uh but the poor old, uh, well, same age as me, I'd say, or younger, probably more than likely. But uh, the lady who was chatting to Emo and I was not keeping her eye on her dog or the dogs. And uh, right. the pup ran straight into her. Okay. Uh, followed by Bjog. Oh, all, okay. of, all of a split second or two later. And they absolutely wiped her out. Damn. Yeah, like a tree falling, uh, just, just plant, face, face, what's that, what did they say? Face plant. Face, face planted. Yeah, no, she, she didn't quite face plant, but uh, she made a noise, things, the, the, you know, I had to, I had to pick her up. Oof. Yeah, but she laughed it off and we were walking away and we were chatting with her, but it's just like, yeah, it's like, you, you just, you just don't take your eyes off them though. Don't yeah. take your eyes off them. Yeah. And like, I like, we had just seen her pup run, run, run head first into a into a gate it just obviously it just saw the gaps between the gate and read it as no gate and ran it straight at first into it you know uh, so the pup oh. is it just really clumsy and stuff like that like Bjorn's clumsy at the best times as well but just yeah, yeah. learning well yeah well the pup definitely was uh, <laughs> for she, sure she learned also yeah keep, yeah, well, this is it. keep your eyes on the hairy bullet as Adam yeah, Buxton sure. calls his calls his pupper. Rosie. Oh, yeah. Rosie. Um, it'll fly by from the hairy bullet. Yes. There she goes. There goes Rosie. 
Bjorg is a hairy bullet indeed. I'll have to come up with a different name for her. Well, yeah. but I, I just, I always just, when she takes off, I'm always just there. No stagwiha. Or little or no stagwiha. Do you know what that means? Oscalaga? Irish? Nos meaning uh, many. Na guiha meaning um, hairs. Many hairs mm. tied together on a fleshy no. quadruped. Yes. yes. Yeah. Quadruped of many hairs. I believe no, no stagwiha is as fast as the wind. Ah, very good. It's only been a few days since we recorded last, I think. Um, is that true? When did we record last? Wednesday or Tuesday last week? Tuesday morning, I think it was. Uh, okay, it's been a week. So I've watched since we spoke uh, all of Gen V, so I'm with you. Okay, I'm really... Okay, I, I would like to get in heavy with Gen V because I've not been able to talk to anybody about it. Okay, let's... Except, let's except, um, Let's then save it to the end, just so we can say to people, hey, we're going to really get into this now. Yeah. Uh, Just so you know, just in case we lose everybody six minutes in then. Yeah. Um, I can speak generally about Loki. Did you watch any Loki? Didn't get a chance. Didn't Didn't get a chance. chance. I really wanted to. Okay. uh, But, uh, you know, as I said, I I thought I'd have, I, I did have a few hours free on. Sunday, I did have a few hours free on Sunday, mm-hmm. but I ended up doing work. Okay, well then, let's I can let's talk generally about Loki. And I'm going to talk about Loki. I don't even think I can get specific and spoil anything, because my, my main complaint is nothing is fucking happening. Oh, wow, okay. I don't care. I don't care at all. Mm. Um, there's good performers, there's wonderful sets, there's a great vibe. At the end of season one of Loki, we were told that he who remains sits at the end of the universe overseeing the maintenance of the sacred timeline. Any timeline that diverges is pruned. To remove him is to remove the person who was the driving force for a sacred timeline and that you would unleash multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, a multiverse would reoccur and that there would be thousands of versions of Kang that would have to be dealt with. The Kang Wars would begin again, and we would have multiple timelines. Loki gets pushed through a gateway at the end of uh, Sylvie's Mm -hmm. assassination of He Who Remains and finds himself in a version of the TVA with Kang's face and Kang's effigy standing tall in a very dictatorial way all throughout the environment. To all intents and purposes, we are told we have landed in a version of reality where Kang is a much stronger presence. He's not the benign version that sits at the end kind of, of uh, sits at the end yeah. of time overseeing. He is a tyrant that rules this universe. You are, mm-hmm. and and Mobius doesn't remember him. No one remembers who Loki is. So we now have whatever version of the universe Loki is in. It is a version where. Kang is a presence, a tyrant, and his friends don't remember him. The, the world has been rewritten. Mm-hmm. You leave that end of that series going, okay, well, he's going to have to convince people that they need to rewrite reality back to whatever it was, you know, to get to, to, get to here. Um, I've seen versions of that in Star Trek. I've seen versions of, like, you know, um, the, like, timeline manipulation stuff where it's just, like, you know, you have to convince someone that your timeline is the better version of this timeline even if that means overriding 
their own existence. You know, you, you Mobius are happy in this timeline, but this isn't the way it should be. And it's better for everyone else. If you just accept whatever, I don't know that that's what they were going to do, but that's what I expected. In the Mm -hmm. first episode of Loki, we find that it is not an alternate universe. Again, I'm not, I don't think I'm spoiling anything because it happens in the first beginning of it. He is jumping around time, not alternate dimensions, not rewritten yep. versions of dimensions. I, I did watch the first episode, FYI. He is I, I, in, got, or I got some through some of it. So he is in the TVA at an earlier date. So we're seeing a, we're seeing a cycle of existence and uh, memory wipe for the people mm-hmm. in the TVA. And in an earlier iteration, many cycles back, uh, Kang was a, a presence and they eventually pave over his sort of presence and make him less uh, of a of a micromanager let's say like they, yeah. they invented the gods that are sort of overseeing it whatever the name of that council was yes I do remember. so when you tell me that we're his maintenance of the sacred timeline is withdrawn I just expected all the threads of time to just sit and whether you've got branching or whatever the hell else you know we just you know we've not got somebody pruning everything we just get multiple timelines existing and some of them flame out and some of them whatever the hell but they invent a MacGuffin or a mechanism called the 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 cosmic loom or the timeline loom or whatever the fuck they want to call it but like basically oh we've got a machine that needs fixing and we need to find a guy who has the something that lets us fix the machine and they've just spent five episodes staring at a mechanical doodad telling mm-hmm. us why it needed to be fixed, running around the set, doing a little time wipe and going, now it's later. And they run in a different direction around the same set, just painted to look like it's a different time. Then they stare at some more mechanical doodadery. It just, nothing matters. There's no... We're going to get to the end of this season and all that's going to have occurred is they get the fucking loom working, I guess, or like it, uh, it it's just a waste of time. It's, it's, I kind of, uh, like, you know, hate to say it, but, uh, like kind of, I think a lot of people had hope for Loki to kind of carry the MCU a little bit, you know? It was definitely the thing that kind of people are more enamored with in regards to the whole MCU. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think the MCU is probably done. I think the Marvels is going to be a nail in the coffin. I think Blade having all the trouble it's having. I think uh, Daredevil having the trouble it's having. They released a trailer for Echo. We can get into that. Yeah. But um, it's like Kind of, I just, I think there, I think, I think there's aspects of this, the, 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 the general consensus and there's aspects of it that just, it's, it's like Marvel are on the cusp of kind of flogging a dead horse, I think. I, it's just lost. It's just lost. What is the point? What is the point? I'll follow a massive saga across multiple films. Loki came out in 2020? End of 2020? End of 2021. 2021, yeah, okay. Okay, so we've had 2022 and now we're at the end of 2023. It's two years later. What have we learned about Kang? 
No, but man, I said it ages ago. I don't get it. Like, it's in the sense of just like, all we've learned is about Khan is, Kang, is we've seen him get defeated. We have seen, I have now seen three versions of Kang be bad at being Kangs. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is not a threat. Kang what? was great in the comics. I didn't get it. When, when he first appeared, no, I uh, see, I was never a big fan of Kang because he fell into the same sort of character problem as Ultron, which is every time you kill him, he just comes back because he's time traveling. Or yeah, that's, every, that's every fucking thing in the comics. Yeah, but, but, uh, was, but, but like, I know what you're saying. I like, know what you're saying. I, but I, I, look, I got into it during the George Perez. Was it George Perez Avengers United yeah, with Ultron? In the 2000s? Yeah, Kang. fucking. And, and Kang and stuff was great. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. it's. I know what you're saying in terms of like villains loop around again and again and again, but like if you arrest somebody and put them in prison, I can buy they get out. If you can kill them and then come up with some ludicrous story for them to come back, yeah. I I can get on board for that. Ultron always has the get out of jail free card of like get out of jail free card card of like Oh, he's yeah. just backed up on a USB key somewhere. Or someone sent an email with an attachment and he's still... Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's just, there's no fucking point. There's no point with Ultron. Because it's like, he just, he just comes back. He just always comes back. And Kang is just like, hey, time travel. It just always comes back. There's no fucking point. You can't lock him in anything. It just never, ever matters. And I, that's my thing with time travel with the X-Men as well. The minute you put just, time travel in the X-Men, it's fucked. Oh, man, can I I'll be honest with you? The minute you put time travel in anything, mm. you're fucked. Like, I'll be honest, I, I, like when I was watching the Avengers Endgame or whatever, mm. and uh, they kind of they work out a way to travel back and blah, 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 you know? It was just kind of a case of like, you know, look, it's fine if it's contained in this one movie and like we just don't go down the time travel route. But look at fucking the clone saga and like, you know, it, I know that's not time travel, but it's like, you know, it's alternate versions. It's it's multiverses. It's just, it just, it gets messy. And then they have to do some massive recon event where, you know, she, everybody's, everything just restarts from the back to the basics you know it's just it it just fucks it up i think i think there's a potential that they're i don't know i don't know there's a there's a big x-men arc in the comics at the moment i don't know if you're aware of it the the krakoa yeah arc that's coming to an end uh people say people are like whispering that that might coincide with like you know Marvel doing a soft reboot of the X-Men starting from scratch. Uh, one that would line up more with a MCU debut. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very anxious around a lot of stuff in that end of things. Like we've talked as well about the like the Deadpool Wolverine stuff. Mm. Using Deadpool as a fourth wall break to to erase the the Fox universes or to, to to prune anything they don't like don't want I I don't care what they do I don't care what kind of basic narrative tools to use or comic tropes to use and all that kind of stuff but uh, as if if, as if, 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 it's just, if it's cool and it works fine I couldn't give a shit you know but it's just kind of like like they're making it messy for themselves multiverses man every and I, everything is a multiverse 
everything. Yeah. So many comics and video games and books and TV shows are all done on this mug. And it's like, I couldn't give a fuck. Just show me one timeline that's clean, consistent, and has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Yeah. Consequences matter. I, I sent you got well, you know, I, I don't mean this in a segue, but uh, very eyes are on the subject. I sent you guys a screenshot the other day of Marvel's Spotlight. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I was so I, I explain was say, it. Yeah, well, no, this, this is what I was just going to say. I was I, I, I'll get it up for our listeners so they can so they can know what we're talking about. So during the, at the weekend, I sent uh, Brian and Aiden a screenshot from. Uh, disgusting films on X formerly Twitter and it says Marvel Spotlight is a new MCU label that will focus on bringing more grounded character driven stories to the screen with street level stakes over larger MCU continuity Spotlight projects will have will have a musical fanfare intro composed by Michael but um, Michael Giacchino yeah it's just it's just you know but okay so basically what what are they trying to say there they want to do jessica jones again daredevil the defenders i think they've acknowledged that there's a ghost rider i i i mean it's a balancing act you've always got to watch no like i don't want to go too far into this because like we talk about marvel so fucking much um but like they've they're replicating patterns in comics they're replicating patterns in comics. The minute they were like one movie that ties to another movie that ties to another movie. Well, that's what they did when they published a comic and then published a comic that referenced another character and then they tie. And they, they've they spun out and exhausted people like they did in the kind of 80s with the time travel mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And what was the what was the, what was the knee-jerk reaction in the 90s once people got sick of the time travel stuff? Marvel Knights. Just go dark and hit things and lean like grittier, you know? Oh god, we've come full circle. We've gone back to the gritty fucking superhero movie. Yeah, Mar- Marvel <laughs> will hire Marvel will hire fucking Zack Snyder. Um, your second favorite subject in the top podcast. Um, mm. We've segued from Marvel to Zack Snyder. What's Zack top. Snyder's character? <laughs> um, or Zack Snyder character? What, what Marvel character would he direct? Um, but. Um, but uh, Loki, so you you is it, when, is it completely out yet? Is it finished? There might be one more. I'd have to double check. I'd have to double no, check. Six episodes, right? Um, season two, episode six. There's November 9th. I just got to the end of the season. I got to the end of episode five, and he's just like, I know what to do. And we're like, I, I just was like, I don't. I don't care because all you've done is spun your fucking wheels for six episodes. Sil- like a headless chicken. Sylvie's done nothing. Somebody has got it into their head that Tom Hiddleston runs well. Oh, God. And he does. He does run well in dramatic moments. It, oh, stop. It just, it just doesn't need to be it. It just doesn't need to be it. Um, okay, let's move on from Loki, because you haven't watched it, but like... 
Well, you're not you're not impressed. That's I'm just not impressed. No, there's stuff happening as well where I'm just like, this feels like a tech demo for a particle simulator. Like uh. stuff, special effects wise, is just stuff dismantling around them, and I'm like, huh, okay, that's that After okay. Effects plugin, is it? Um, mm. I I do want to be a force of positivity in these things. Hills are doing great. Um, um, Jonathan Majors is he's trying things. He's doing things. I don't know, man. I don't know. I watched the first episode of All the Light We Cannot See on Netflix. Oh, I see. I, I, for some reason, I that's a Mark Ruffalo one. I did, I did see it. And for some reason, I don't know why. I thought like it was based on um, it's on a book. gentleman. It's based on a gentleman in Moscow. No, I think it's based on a book called All the Light We Cannot okay. See. Okay, okay, fair. I don't know why I thought it was based on a gentleman in Moscow. What's the gentleman of can- Moscow? Um. Oh, how would you say it? It's a book I read it a couple of years ago. Um, it's so that's kind of it's about an ar- aristocratic kind of character, a very affluent character, mm-hmm. um, kind of after the fall of the Tsar. What's that? Late late nineteenth century, early twentieth century. Yep, yep. Leading into World War One. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of do they even talk about that? I'm not too sure. I'm sure why they do. They do definitely. But uh, uh, and then kind of just this, like I said, this kind of um aristocrat character gets essentially kind of put in lock what, what a house arrest in a hotel like okay. all his assets are gone essentially his money's gone or something but he's being put up in house arrest in this ho- in this kind of like former kind of you know posh hotel and stuff uh and he's basically living there that's where he lives and it's about the cast of characters around him, the different people that come and go from the hotel, the people he meets, the, you know, obviously their political background, their culture, social background, all that kind of stuff of the time, you know, kind of, as we said, the fall of desire, entering the communism, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's really, really good. Really mm. good. I enjoyed it immensely. Gentleman of Moscow. Yeah. Ge- the, the Gentleman of Moscow. Gentleman of Moscow. Okay. Um, so- I don't know why I thought that book was a bit, or why that show was based on that book, but sorry, go on. Yeah, um, all the light we cannot see. Uh, just going to give you what it's, a, it's um, a an adaptation of a novel written by Anthony Doerr. Uh, it's about a etc. in World War Two in Saint Malo, Saint Malo, France is being uh, it's sort of towards the end of the war. The Americans are invading, and um, a blind girl is operating a like pirate radio type of thing from a, a basement or from an attic somewhere and uh, like I'm only in the first episode of it so I don't know where it goes yeah. Um, and I don't want to read too much of the plot to find out like I feel like I could extrapolate a lot of stuff but you know there's like there's a like German radio man trying to find her but he's clearly kind of sympathetic to her and logic and science over you know, chaos and hatred. Um, uh, Hugh Laurie is in there as her uncle. Oh, Mark Ruffalo is playing the father. Um, there's a flashback to her as a little girl with Mark Ruffalo as her father. And I think most of what we're going to see of Mark Ruffalo, I don't know until we go on a bit, is is flashback. And it it's, it is funny. Like, remember we said I watched Paths of Glory a few weeks back and... Kirk Douglas was doing everybody in the movie is supposed to be a French soldier but they're all just Americans 
yes, yeah, with yeah. American accents and say, yeah. well, monsieur, we can't conceive of uh, taking Paris with the, uh, it's just like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. so weird. Um, so this is definitely leaning into the concept of a, uh, the universal translated accent of any European language is an English accent. Yes. yes. So Mark Ruffalo trying to do like sort of faux British. Oh, my darling. You know, it's, it, it's so it's, it's odd. And he's looking like he's filled out a bit as well. And he's just got this like such a chunky face on him. Um, but he's just doing this. Nobody shaming. Ludicrously saccharine sequence of him teaching his little blind daughter mm-hmm. to walk the streets of Saint Malo to count oh. the steps. Why, most people only see with two eyes, but you have ten fingers. Why, ten fingers is seeing so much more of the world with you. It's just shut the fuck up. Oh, that's you. It's just it is it is kind of hard. Um, I did hear somebody say that they would throw a shoe at the television by the end of watching that scene. Oh, it's just oh, like Ugh. I know exactly the type of thing you're talking about. It's now. just fucking sphincter tighteningly annoying. Um, but um, that being said, the production values are very good for the most part. The performances in the first episode were very good. Um, I did find it engaging, and I will go back for. Episode two, there is a German, uh, there was a German, so her father worked in a museum and there was access to, you know, treasures within the museum. And there's a German military man trying to hunt her down because she knows that he knows that she might know where some diamond or precious stone is or was hidden before the Germans arrived. So it's a, it's a treasure hunt to a degree. Um. Whether or not that's important in episode two, three, or four, I don't know yet, but there you go. Oh, the light we cannot see. Yeah. Yeah. That's there now on Netflix. There's other things up on Netflix that have popped up I haven't looked at. I saw Old Dads is there. I don't really want to see Old Dads. I've I've heard good things. Okay. But but again, same as yourself, kind of I'll be honest with you, I watched the trailer and was a little bit like, mm, no. Yep. I watched the trailer and was just like, oh this this scene that I'm watching and this argument that he's having feels like, I say feels like, this argument is directly out of one of his stand-up acts oh, as yeah. a story he told. And it's like, okay. I can't buy this character saying this because I know it's, it's so a, it's a far bit. removed from being a, a, re- a reality I can buy into. Yeah, you know? Fair. Fair. Um, so, I don't know. I don't think it's for me anyway. Um the other thing I watched on Netflix, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've had a chance to watch it, was no. Apocalypse Clown. I did not. I tried, but I did not get a chance. All right. All right. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't. I, I, no, it's all right. It's all you, right. you have a busy life. You have a busy life. You have a busy life. I just you have a busy can't life. keep everybody happy. Busy life. <laughs> all I'm saying is just sit down and watch some telly, but you have a busy life. But I didn't even get life. to watch the latest Invisible. Did you watch the latest Invisible? No, I'm kind of waiting until that's out. Okay. I'm kind of waiting until that's out. Um, um, Okay, Apocalypse Clown is an Irish movie about a post-apocalyptic landscape wherein a bunch of clowns, they're not the only survivors, but they find themselves with an opportunity to be a source of entertainment in a world that no longer has Netflix and YouTube and whatever else. Now, that's what the trailer makes it look like not really what's going on 
I suppose it is. They're trying to get to the one broadcasting telly and put on a show and be a sort of focal point in the middle of a, cha- a chaotic well, thing. I think that's an interesting premise for sure. Um, there is good production value in it. It's lovely seeing an Irish film doing something crazy rather than just like Irish gangland stuff I know, yeah. or low like I don't know, dancing at Lunasa. Daft, yeah. yeah. Um, it's nice seeing big swings cool yeah yeah and we need to make those big swings in order for things to get better and you know we've often talked about this before but yeah, yeah. i i've i've met i won't say i know and i'm close with any of the people in it i have met people in this and have I, have I met they're anyone? doing good um i don't know if you know tony cantwell i don't know oh if yeah you know Stephen elliott um well, i met him uh aaron mcgathy is in it uh, Aaron is the, the mom the, improv mom improv I have met Aaron once or twice yes um, uh, it is not good <laughs> uh, it's not a good movie it's not a great film oh, I've heard I've heard the same I've heard the same from go on uh, Amy DeVroon is one of the leads. Amy DeVroon. Um, Pollyanna McIntosh is in it, and she was like the weird art collective yes. cult woman from uh, The Walking Dead. Apparently, she's actually Scottish, and she has like a very small scene in it. I was just like, oh, that's weird. And um, Martin McDonough, one of the McDonoughs, is in it. Um, one, of the Mac- one of the McDonoughs, as in like the famous writers. The playwriters, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's. This movie pitches well, I guess is the way to put it. You know, there's a lot of just like, if Wi-Fi went away, the world would fall asunder. And it's like, okay, I can see why that's a funny concept. Yeah, um, like, it, that's it, a prompt. There's, a de- there's just a degree of glibness. Um, there's a lot of reference to Garth Brooks. Oh, I love Garth Brooks. Uh, like, selling out the stadium and, and Ireland being obsessed with it. And it's just, it is so... Local is the only thing I can say about this. is is one of the many things I will say about this film, rather than the only thing I can say. It's so local. There's so little in jokes, so many little in jokes, so many little nods to Arasanukteron and and you know Brazilian people working in um, service positions and um, it's it's local. It's the only thing I it's the only thing I just like it felt like a bunch of people got together and made a film and they love it. But it's not really aimed at anyone outside their group. Uh-huh. I, it, that's what I felt about uh Tor Love and Thunder. Yeah. A similar like concept. These feels... people Sorry. Well. No, no, you said it feels what <sighs> it just feels super insular in terms of uh like kind of like it's like kind of to just it's like you know when you watch improv sometimes it's just it's like are you laughing that like basically sometimes when you watch improv it's just like kind of they're more like laughing at each other as opposed to being funny you know what I mean yeah yeah these people are really enjoying each other <laughs> um, that's why I don't like improv fair fair um well this movie is full of it there are some fun <laughs> things like uh, Natalie Palamides I believe is her name plays a clown called Funzo and she is demented 
She is so, a demented clown that has the wrong end of the stick. And at one point, you know, it's like a like I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. You've got the wrong end. You're a, you're 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 the S word. And they're like, don't say it. Don't say it to her. You're a scary clown. <gasps> you know, and she she is. She's stabbing people. She's demented. Um, but it's funny, and she just the voices, the angles, the looks, the turns. She's a standout in it for me. It's it's a so, great performance. So basically, I heard the exact same thing from two people, and then I actually saw a guy talk about it on YouTube. And he was like, "Oh, this movie about that." He's like, basically, the one takeaway from the thing is that this person who played Funzo, the crazy red and white black clown, or the little mm-hmm. crazy looking clown, is that the yeah. same person? Uh, they said, yeah, they stole the show, and that was the, the kind of the enjoyable part of it, and the rest of it was very just to take or leave it. Yeah, there's just there's just not enough to it. There's not enough to it. Then they're not even like they're not even good clowns. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't even get to, it. Just like if it were an episode of Father Ted, you'd laugh. Mm-hmm. But it's ninety minutes long. Um. So, um, apologies to the makers of Apocalypse Clown. I always, anytime I'm this fucking down on something, I also go, I couldn't fucking do it. I wouldn't make a better movie than that. I couldn't act better than any of these people. These people did great. They put a great job together. Tony Cantwell's, like, uh, along with Pollyanna McIntosh, they're like, they f- they're playing with that trope of, like, what we saw in, in The Walking Dead, where, like, the post-apocalypse happens and these people adopted like a barter society and it's like since since the before times we've been whatever like a day ago you know and it's like welcome to Xanadu it's a boutique festival that was it's like it's like okay it's the idea that it's like it's a little music festival it's got a little isolated and gone on for two days too long yeah Um, which is kind of funny but like I know what you're what you're saying though is basically kind of Yes, there, there was swings made, you know, there was misses, uh, kind of conceptually great, probably, I, I, from what I've seen production-wise, completely fine, mm. you know, completely, you know, perfect, you know, good good production values from what I've seen, uh, but it just, you're just saying it kind of essentially misses the mark, falls short. Yeah. That's all right, that happens. Yeah, you know. they took a big swing and hopefully they all go on to do more interesting things or more things, more things that are interesting. Yeah. At the um, very least, I hope they all get something for their real show reel. Is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah. Because that's all the that fucking matters really for these people, in a sense. <sighs> that they get something for their show reel. Okay, we are, well, we're about 40 minutes in. Uh, Trailer-wise... You said we mentioned Echo. We kind of went on a Marvel deep dive there for a yeah, minute. Yeah, you, you hate talking about Marvel. I kind of think that we lean too much on it. Um, Echo's a new trailer. I, well, was, I, I, I had was no interest this, on Echo. I was I was sold this podcast, uh, the premise of this podcast, as a as a comic focused uh, podcast. I'm I never thought sure I'd you be talking about TV shows. Um, I'm pretty sure you weren't. I'm pretty sure you weren't, if I'm, if I'm honest. Oh, did you listen to the new Beatles song? Now, as I do that no, voice. No, I don't like the Beatles. I think the Beatles are overrated, and I don't like them. And everybody goes like, oh, you, you know, you're saying this to be edgy. You're saying this like, no, nah, fuck the Beatles. You just they have one good song. They have one good song. They have. They have one good song. Dozens of good songs. It's and, Here Come the Sun. Is it? No. Is it Hey Jude? Strawberry Fields. No, Get no, back. No. No. What was? The, no. What's their one good song? 
I obviously let me fucking finish my sentence there. One good song. Yeah. And it was written by one of them when mm. they weren't even in the band. What's the good song? <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Paperback writer Eleanor Rigby Hard Day's Night What's Eleanor Rigby even about? Who cares? It's a great song No, they have a song The Beatles have a song saying like Go home Maxwell's Silver Hammer Fuck the Beatles You're you're out of your mind This is is, I won't listen to Talking Heads again Propaganda. I will not listen to Talking Heads. Why? No, actually, I don't mind the Talking Heads. I don't mind Talking Heads. Why do you mind the Beatles? Go, they're they're awful. They're the worst. They're not awful. No interest in them whatsoever. You okay? You have created a mental block for yourself and a stubbornness based on people arguing with you. No, I've and I only, hope that one day I've, you can pass this you know to what, just you know enjoy what? pleasant you know music because it's you know ple- what? even if you don't want to say it's the best in the world, it's pleasant. You know what? You know what? Go this on. is the first time I've ever truly spoken about my feelings about the, for the Beatles I'm but it, do, it it doesn't make any sense but at they, the they, at the base at the at the the worst thing you can say about their music is it's just pleasant music it's just nonsense it's nonsense, it's nonsense. yeah did you go see Limp Biscuit? I didn't see Limp Biscuit. who is it you're thinking of? Who is the who is the early two thousands new metal band that you go to see? Papa Roach. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but I'm not. But I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be here and say like it's a, they're the best band in the world. But you cannot say that but Papa Roach did. is good and say the Beatles are awful. Well, Papa Roach never wrote a song telling Pakistani people to go back home. I don't know that song. Which is that song? Well, you're, you're a fucking Beatles fan. You tell me. Give me a moment. I don't know the ins and outs of this story. I I don't entirely want to defend them, um, because what you're talking about is a stray line in a working version of like an unfinished version of Get Back. I see what you're saying, but like you look. M- Maybe you're right. Maybe they're bad. Maybe this was a bad line thrown in at a bad moment, but they chose not to put it in it because they went, that's a bad line. You watch Let It Be where they were coming up with songs and they just sit there doing circles on the same chords, just throwing random words and random phrases in until they find something that fits. They threw something stupid in. It didn't go into the final song. They did not write a song telling Pakistanis to go back home. They were just fucking around for six weeks on drugs. They said something stupid. They didn't put it in the fucking song. Anyway, Papa Roach. I don't know why. I don't, I don't I, mind, I don't why, but I don't know why I have to think, make it about my personal taste. What all I'm because saying is you're making it about because <laughs> your calibration is off. I just <laughs> hate hate is wrong. No, 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 no. But like, I don't mean to. You cannot like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Well, you no, I say I, I love, I love. Uh, imagine, fine. You cannot like the Beatles. You cannot think that they're fucking geniuses. You cannot want to listen to them. It's not awful music. It is just pleasant, but it's not for you. Same thing about Papa Roach. I'm not going to say it's awful fucking music. It's just not for me. 
you can't tell me the Beatles have one good song when they have again a, a Hard Day's Night is so fun and and Eleanor Rigby and Paperback Writer and Hey Jude what was her what was her what even was their sound fucking fun they're having fun what do you mean what was their sound they they they, what what are they propaganda it's like brainwash machines what are they Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds Love Me Do these are all the most obnoxious titles of what your K-Mare songs Um, alright let's go to Papa Roach's hits no Papa Roach they had Cut my life into pieces. Yes. Dead. Uh, scars. Uh, Sing that one so people know it. Uh, oh, what scars goes like again? Uh, scar my, my life into Tuesday. No, no, stop. It's uh, uh, oh, I can't remember it. Oh my god, it's it's like something like I tear, I tear my heart open. Uh, you may as well be telling me just to feel something I can't remember. Okay, what's their third song? Oh man, they have they have, like they just reached no, a billion plays on Spotify. Did sure, but on I would you're, imagine but you're on, the one who brought on, up. But you're the one who I would up imagine Papa they're Roach. all on Last Resort. You, you're, you're the one though who brought up Papa Roach, right? But I you're the one telling them. me that. Sorry, I'm but I'm just saying, I didn't, I didn't compare the Beatles to Papa Roach. You did. But you're using, you're telling me that your evaluation. I'm, I'm, you. I'm trying to get a sense of your metric here. The Beatles are awful. They're no good. Buys a ticket. Go see Papa Roach. Loves them. Gareth Brooks is better than Papa Roach and the Beatles. I don't like. I don't even want to be the guy that argues that the Beatles are the best band in the world. I don't think they're the best band in the world. I, the, I don't want to be that guy. I, I appreciate when people are like, I don't like the Beatles. But when you're just like, they're awful. I'm like, no, they're not awful. They're fine. They're fine. Hey, you know, you know what the difference between the Beatles and Papa Roach are? Papa Roach is still making music. Did we some not of, begin this? Did we not begin this by going, hey, there's a new Beatles song? Some of, uh, some of the, <laughs> the, Beatles the Beatles are still making music. So, yes. uh, Gen V, mm. spin-off to the boys. Uh, I wasn't really aware this was coming out or had totally forgot it was coming out until it was coming out. Yeah, uh, neither was I. And then I was, well, I, I knew they were working on some stuff, but for some reason I kind of thought it was more animated based for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I think there was an illustration or something. Maybe it was concept arting it. Yeah, maybe. Is there, is there more spin offs coming? Maybe. I, like, I thought they were going to do a spin off of another team of superheroes. Okay, because they've got the seven. I see. Here's the thing: I I have two seasons of the boys I haven't watched. Oh. Yeah. Okay, you're missing out, dude. Um. Well, I just it's so grim in so many ways. It is. It is. And look, that's fair. I was even talking to a customer today about the boys, and I was just mm. saying, like, kind of whatever about the comics. The comics are incredibly edgy. When they say edgy, not in a good way. No. You know. Yeah. And the show, the show pushes the envelope. What would you say the envelope? Is that a correct term of phrase? Or pushes boundaries, anyways. Uh, yeah. They're not afraid to make a giant penis and hang someone off it. Well, exactly, yeah. The show... That's okay. That's moral in comparison to some of the stuff that's on it. But uh, the show is uh, is edgy in itself, but, like, kind of... Not as edgy as comics, which is saying something. Um, but I do... I, I think I, I've never really read the comics. I've read bits. 
but I kind of feel like I'd be more, you know, more able to watch the show as opposed to read the comic. But let's not digress. So, mm. uh, this is a spin-off of The Boys, uh, based on the comic book, The Boys. Uh, the story arc was called We Gotta Go Now. Uh, yeah, that's it. Let's Let's jump into it. Um, all right, all right. Uh, so we open meeting Marie Moreau, a young girl who has no superpowers but develops superpowers and uh, inadvertently kills her family with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Jumps. is also yes. Oh. I was just going to say, it, it, yeah, just just it kind of the show is centered around the first generation of superpowered people who know that their parents gave them a compound V. Hence why it's called Gen V, Compound mm. V, which gave them the superpowers. So this was this is kind of off the back of the boys, where this was exposed. Right. There was information that was leaked that soups didn't happen or occur naturally. They were given a compound chemical uh, that gave them superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's very... I mean, you've seen the boys. It's very aggressively uh, uh, sort of satirical of concepts of marketing and commercialization of people as product. Mm-hmm. Um, the the school, Godalkin University, that she ends up going to, that she's aspiring to get into to get on the career path to be a big superhero. Um, God, you, which is like... It's a little yeah. on the nose. It's great, but but, it's, but but like I love the fact that it is on the nose because that's the kind of world yeah. that this is in. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it it needed to be that. Um, while there, she meets the you know like the the best students are ranked hierarchically. She's trying to get on that whole path. These people are because again, it's a top ten list. It's it's again satirization of social media. Um, What the hell is the name of the kid? Golden Boy is the number one spot. Yeah, Luke. He, he, Luke. Yeah, he's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid. Yeah, I didn't realize um, that. Which is interesting when you look at him and it's like, okay, well, this guy could have gone down a path of working out and being huge, but he's chosen to remain lean because you just don't want to be... Yeah, yeah. You don't want <laughs> to be trying to chase that. your dad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Totally respect it. Um, Um, something is afoot at Godolkin University. Mm-hmm. Luke dies to try and unearth it. Marie Moreau gets sort of thrust into the limelight in that confrontation. And we're seeing her and the others uh, deal with the fallout of that. Um, Luke's brother Sam is kept in a lab underground. Yes. So they're just trying to retrieve him. So look, I think we've, I've like, that's a lot of the plot, right? Like, is, what, 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 what did you enjoy about the show? Uh, well, you know, Eva and I watched this show together, and uh, I think she, to be fair, she was one of the points out first. But uh, I kind of the, the the comedy of the show is good in terms of like it's 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 like if you take the superpowers of the different characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monroe. What did you say her name was? Marie Moreau. Ma- Marie, Marie, yeah, yeah, Marie. Uh, 
Like her powers are savage. They're absolutely brutal. But they're also they're they're cool. They're, they're, it's a really cool power set. But it also kind of stems from self harm. Mm. You know? Yes, um, there's a there's a trend of that or a theme of that. Yeah. The uh, the the thump, I can't remember the Oh actually just give me a second because I know as well. I'm gonna struggle with everybody's name. I don't know how I remembered Luke's name. Who are we thinking of? Thumbelina. Uh Cricket. Cricket. Emma. Yeah. Emma. Um Emma's powers uh, you know, again, kind of stem from Bulimia. Uh, bulimia or, 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 or certainly kind of like yeah, uh, some sort yeah. of um, eating disorder. Yeah, eating disorder, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you have uh Andre's powers. Mm-hmm. Well, his ones are, oh, sorry, Jordan. Jordan's power to do with gender identity, being able to switch between the yep. two. I have yep. to say, Jordan's my favorite character in the whole thing. Great. They're, they're yeah. really fun. They were um, so the, cool. The, even the, like, it's, I don't know. I Like, it's just me interpreting a power that allows them to, like, mask their feelings Oh, and, and hide and retreat behind separate identities and what yeah. they choose to show the world. It's fascinating. Um, Even the way, like, he always, they, or Jordan always switches to male Jordan when they're kind of putting their foot down and stuff. And yeah. it's like, that's real toxic, but it's also, like, fascinating, yeah. you know, that that, that that person's in that kind of mindset. Or when, um, like, I'm trying to work if, if this, if I'm trying to see if this extends to Andre as well, the magnetism power. I mean, is there anything to the 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 pushing and p- pulling people in with his charisma and pushing people away with his caric- car- caricature of himself? Like, I don't know. There's stuff that's like, if you if you want to put meaning on things, you know, like Golden Boy is is burning too brightly to stay. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, well, that's he's it. so it's, much it's, pressure he literally explodes. You know? Yeah. Um, um, but this is that, 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 and that's that, that's I do like that. And then it was like, um, yeah, Andre with his. Well, I suppose his stuff is, like, you know, his powers is. Well, he's he has his own thing of kind of like you know stemming from his father and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, and the the psychic powers. Uh, Sam kind of again mental health issues, you know, uh, in the sense of like yeah. his powers seem to. Cause the only way he can cope with using his powers is by kind of entering into a fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. Um. So there's there's a lot at play. Which could be, could be flippant, or could be, um, you know, depending on how they choose to handle it. And like, I was only talking to my brother earlier today about how, um, you know, the Joker is an example of big topics that I think aren't handled particularly well around mental mm-hmm. health. I think that there's there's a sloppiness oh, yes. to how they go yes. about it. And a, yeah, and a cruelness it's, it's, and a lack of intent, yeah. an insensitivity and a lack of a decent intent there. Yeah. Um, but so far, I've enjoyed Gen V. Um, it's interesting the way the structures of the episodes are because um, they kind of cliffhanger in such a way and have for a couple of episodes where I'm just like, I didn't realize they were doing a week-on-week release. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I got to the end of episode six and it ended the way it did. I went, well, that's the end of Gen V. What a very natural ending that leads to a cliffhangering situation yeah, that I will have to come that, back yeah. to next next year. And then I realized two weeks go by, I was like, oh, there's two more episodes of this thing. Um, so uh, I was happy to see two more episodes. Um, so what, what do you think? Do you think this group of friends 
learned a good lesson and learned to be better together or are they um like i would be annoyed if i got into the next season and found people being um just as shitty and um shallow and not listening to each other that has led to some of the decisions throughout the first season well you know kind of all these characters have transitioned from say a point at the start of the show where they were basically like the most influential the you know top of the school all this type of stuff uh so they've done a massive character arc so uh probably they were probably kind of like up their own bottoms in a sense and they were kind of like they kind of begrudged each other and they weren't you know they weren't uh although they were they were those type of friends you know what i mean yeah almost yeah. friends by circumstance and sense but now yeah. they're kind of like they're bonded because of yeah. all the different things that they've experienced uh and the show uh, you know the ending of the show was wild uh but um I, I'd say they have no choice, you know. I, I'd imagine there'll be a bit, of, you know, because you you want it to be a little bit of a step for away from the boys, you know. You don't want mm-hmm. to have a team of people who kind of tolerate each other, you know. But all in all, like kind of no week episodes, good show. Fair to say, yeah, solid yeah. show over yeah. eight eps. Yeah, um, the cruelty is paired back. They're dickheads. Yeah in the show but the level of cruelty that I experienced in like season one and season yeah. two of the boys is not happening here but also they're essentially children so kind of they haven't been as twisted by the machine as the seven you know yeah which yeah. is which is true uh, but like you know Shetty Shetty's character and all that kind of stuff her motivation's wild all the stuff to do with the the things in the woods uh, and the experiments are doing that's it's all just real grim it's all just real scary it's all just because you're kind of watching it going like kind of stuff was leaked from a lab in China once you know kind of or allegedly and all that kind of stuff and it's like this this you know the, these some of these things aren't like you know basically I wouldn't put any of this stuff out of the realm of reality if 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 soups were essentially real or you know what I mean yeah is there any, is there any like points that you want to touch on from the show specifically like cool moment favorite moment in the show favorite moment in the show oh it's a good one uh seeing seeing the um the creepy telepath guy get his dick blown up <laughs> blown up literally the one up. i was going to say yeah yeah literally the one i was going to say it's so it's so on the knows um great yeah, moment yeah but it was great yeah okay uh, yeah that's it I, th- I think that's my moment as well I think that's it yep go watch Gen V yeah yeah again I could talk about Gen V all day but I don't, I don't want to uh, spoiler spoiler stuff we could do it we could do a cool we could do a cool recappy spoiler episode when next season comes out because it's been renewed for season 2 we identified a couple of movies over the last oh yeah week that are worth watching um we were looking at um uh robert mitchum in yakuza mm-hmm. and we suggested we watch that movie are you up for that yes what was the other one we, 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 we maybe suggested i'm not sure i i realized as i said that that i um I thought of a film or I saw a film yesterday but I didn't pitch it to you. It's called Ganya and Hess, which is a sort of 1970s black exploitation vampire movie that looks kind of interesting. Um, okay. But let's just go with the 1974 neo-noir crime drama film directed by Sidney Pollock and starring Robert Mitchum, Ken Takakura and Brian Keith. 
Uh, Harry Kilmer returns to Japan in order to save his friend's daughter. Things take a turn when he learns that he has she has been kidnapped by the Yakuza, the notorious Japanese mafia. 1974, there's some nice-looking cinematography, a cool-looking poster. I think that's what we say we're going to watch. I think that's it. Be cool, guys, or your dick might get blown up.